With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wafu FM. It's time! Call the show! Gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Chris Show. I'm Chris with a C. I'm Chris with a K. Chris with a K. We're, we're continuing uh, our journey through time traveling through the year 1981. What we're looking at this week? We are looking at the 1981 seminal classic, Escape from New York. John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I saw something that made us feel, not old, but just how quick... Uh, time is moving, speaking of time. That, uh, can you remember the Leroy Jenkins World of Warcraft video? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a lot better than we usually do. Uh, All right, thumbs up. Ready, guys? Let's or- do this. Leroy Jenkins! Oh, my God, he just ran in. That went up online ten years ago today. <laughs> oh, Christ. That's depressing. That's pretty crazy. I remember yeah. us laughing about that at the time, and I was like, that was fucking last month, man. Now it's ten yeah. years ago. Fucking hell. Well, it's like someone like I was watching like a review of the the Mad Max movie, yeah. and someone was like, "Yeah, the last film came out like thirty years ago, yeah. or something." And I was like, "Fuck off!" Yeah, eighty five. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I was just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> when I found out, <laughs> I was like, mind blown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's getting amazing reviews. That it's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, it is. I'm like, hoping yeah. it's not people just like getting caught up in the excitement for it, but it's like got ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes already. It's only been mm-hmm. uh, it hasn't even been out yet. It's just like preview screenings. I think people are going off. So uh, yeah, not really much in the way of news. Not really. Bit of a slow week. Bit of a slow week indeed. Uh, Mall Rats has Mall Rats Two as a title. It's entitled Mall Brats. Yeah. I'm not sure about that, but we'll see. Yeah. A bit... I guess at least it links it, and it's not just Mall Rats Two. I suppose it's an interesting film. One to I'll keenly what like watch the progress of because like oh yeah you know like will Ben Affleck come back for it and shit. Well, to me, he's the only guy really out there. I think they've got the majority of the cast now, including Stanley and that Sven's back. Sven Olsen's come back as the force, nice. uh, but no Affleck so far. He's too too big now, and I don't think he spoke to Smith in like three years. So. Mm. <laughs> Such a shame. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, but you know. He's, his character is in prison, so it wouldn't be too hard to write him out. I suppose. I mean, people forget he was, like, the villain, I suppose. Yeah. That movie. And, like, they could just put another villain in the film. Hmm. They don't need to, like, just put him straight back in. Yeah. So it could work, I suppose. It could. 
But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. I hope they just like keep the same vibe and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and don't try like making it like because Clerks is cool because Clerks is like funny, but then kind of has a serious moment. Mm-hmm. Clerks too, they kind of captured that that feeling well. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of just want more rats to be more rats to be like just fun and light and stuff. Yeah, like the first one. Yeah, like it's it's more of a more rats feels more like an eighties comedy, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure it'll keep with the yeah. tone, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all the news. Apart from you said that Terminator Genesis poster, which now has the fucking spoiler from the trailer on the poster. <laughs> yeah, which is like funny as fuck. It's just like the listen to the show and went, oh, I'll fucking show you like spoilers. I'll show you how to be shit at marketing. <laughs> <laughs> like, poster spoiler. Fuck you. <laughs> We've renamed the film. Instead of being called Terminator Genesis, it is now called Terminator John Connor is the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, not to put it on the same level, because it's not, but imagine if in the 60s, like, the psycho poster had Norman Bates taking a wig off. Yeah. You'd be like, all right, okay, like, the first five minutes of the film. What's the point (laughs) in putting it in the trailer and on the poster? It's obvious, like, from the first trailer, it seemed like, oh, this looks pretty good. Yeah. And then they just went, oh, no, John Connor's a fucking... Is it a version of... Is it not... I don't don't really care. I don't really care what it is. It's fucking shit. It's a stupid idea. (laughs) I really don't want to say that film anymore. God, it's enough good films coming out this year. I don't even need. I don't want to waste my time on Terminator. Well, that's it. Yeah, I suppose. Like in between, like Star Wars, uh, Mad Max, mm-hmm. Avengers, and stuff. Fuck it, you don't even need to see it. No, I'm more looking forward to uh, Maggie, the zombie film, Arnie's Town. Mm. That actually looks really interesting. Yeah, does not it? Looks really nice. Mm. Arnie's uh, serious movie. Going back mm. and doing some serious shit. And then he'll probably do, like, um, fucking oh, twin. Junior 2 or something. Twins 2. That's what will be next, apparently, won't it? That's what he said mm. he wants to do. Yeah, if, if the rumours are to be believed with fucking, like... Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy as is, is a third twin or something, mm. yeah. I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah, yeah. It probably won't happen. I'd rather have Last Action Hero 2, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I'm not saying sure. I'm not saying that ironically. I love that. we love the last action. Yeah, too right. It's full on fucking masterpiece. I think now it's got more of a pass. Yeah, right now I think just at the time people just I don't think critics liked Arnie making fun of himself. It was almost like no, that's our job to make fun of you. How mm. dare you take our thunder away from him? It's like well, fuck you. Yeah. He can do what he wants. Yeah, he wants totally. to have a laugh at himself. Fine, at least he's got a sense of humor. Mm. He didn't see any other action stars at the time doing that. No, totally not. No, like uh, Van Damme and. Uh, Seagal and all them t- yeah. type people, you know, like well serious. It's even to this day, to a certain extent. Well, Seagal, I. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> See, that's what I mean. Like fucking, he'll never take. The- well, apart from, isn't there like one scene and like, oh, I don't even know the name of the film where he's like stuck on the desk because he's, he's oh, too fucking fat. exit wounds. Yeah, yeah, and I was kind of like, whoa, that's like an unusual moment of comedy from Seagal. I don't think it's because he's fat though, because I don't think he was fat at the time. I think that was pre-fat Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because he's big. I just always remember him just being too fat for the desk. <laughs> That's how my memory's rewritten that scene. <laughs> I just saw an interesting uh, little snippet from an interview with Seagal lately. You, know, you kind of showed some humility. I was quite surprised because they oh, okay. asked him, like, who he would like to make a movie with. Yeah. Which I was like, God. <laughs> and he said, but I already am God, so I can do it. <laughs> um, but he said, uh, uh, he said something like, to a lot of people, I'm already at the bottom of the totem pole, so there's a lot of people for us to work with. And I was like, fucking hell, check you out. Yeah, right. But he said Donnie Yen. Mm. Can't say that happened. No. <laughs> and then he wants to make Under Siege 3. Oh, bless him. Bless him. Back, back to a ship. <laughs> Let's get back, to, sh- back to its roots. Although, although roots. first one was a ship, second one was a train, what would the next one be? Fucking horse oh, and cart or something. 
Yeah, you couldn't really do like aeroplane, could you? Nah, that's done to death. death yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? Um, Zeppelin. Zeppelin. <laughs> it's set in like 1940 or something in Germany. It's about his grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> Just goes like all tremors and stuff. His grandfather, who was a Nazi. <laughs> but he still talks like Seagal with his fake Louisiana accent and stuff. This sounds like an amazing film. We should write this and send it to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that, and that's the news and <laughs> chai jazz. Fuck all going on this week, really. And you haven't watched out since the last show, so. No, no, just a, a boatload of uh, Supernatural. Mm. Still, 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 still slogging on with Supernatural. Really good, actually. Yeah, yeah. Gen- genuinely like laughing at it and like wanting to watch the next episode and stuff. It's, it's refreshing because uh, I've had a few, sort of, probably well, one, two years of TV that I've enjoyed, but I've not been like hungry to watch the next episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hasn't, blow, hasn't like, blown your skirt, so to speak. Yeah, I've just been like, uh, so it's nice to like sort of want to watch more of it mm. continuously. Yeah, I will have to check it out. Mm. Get around to it. Very good. I said it's not on any. I don't want to just you know split and buy a season if I don't like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd rather watch it on some sort of on-demand service or streaming service. Or something. Yeah, yeah, which I don't think. I think we might have the first series I can give you. I think. Oh, okay. On DVD, because we bought it on DVD, but we ended up buying the other series on Blu-ray, so... You had to go back and rebuy it on Blu-ray. Oh, yes. Got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have it sticking out on the shelf. No. You? you just look at it like, ah, oh, fuck's sake, just order it straight away. <laughs> I'd say the type of shit that, like, our parents and brother and that would never understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're like, eh, why did you do that? It's like that whole thing of, like, why'd you buy it? You've seen it. <laughs> so fucking what? I want to watch it again. Yeah, and again, literally, I've, I've like my parents have said that was before. They've like just stood there looking at me DVDs, shaking their head, going, "I don't understand why you want." Like, surely you must have seen all these films before. And I'm like, "Well, yeah, that's why I've got them because <laughs> I actually like them." Mm. That mentality of like you watch a film once, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> like we said before, it's like it's like going to the fish and chip shop and going like, uh, "I don't want fish and chips. I've had that before once." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, the other thing I was used to laugh at my brother when he used to um, come in my room and be like, oh, Chris, give us a DVD, man. It's not in the time. I'm like, all right. <laughs> he's looking at the DVDs. He's like, what's, what's, what's this? It's got subtitles. Oh, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly like the most eclectic of, per- of people. Yeah, really which is fine. I just used to like his, okay. um, his reaction of just, oh, fuck that. <laughs> mm. I should have just really said every one of my films was either in black and white or had subtitles. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was, it was the same. My brother used to come in and do exactly the same. Mm. Just look, look at my collection and be like, "Do you not have anything that's new?" Because <laughs> 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 that equals good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only thing I've watched, um, watched uh, Rabbit Dogs, uh, Mario Bava films. I'm still quite a noob when it comes to like Mario Bava stuff. I've only yeah. seen uh, Bear Blood and uh, Shock, which was his, technically his last film. But this was like a film that he made. It was kind of the last film he fully directed but it was made like 74 but didn't get released till 97 after he I think it was after he died because it was like they, they made it and then like when they were editing like the production company went under and it, the film was seized by the courts it was a total pain in the arse <laughs> and uh, then years later it was re-released like I think like, the actress got it re-released and stuff. So there's two versions of the film but I just watched the original version it's fucking great it's a shame that like he didn't because it's a modern day crime film and most Barber horror films are sort of like gothic horror Mm-hmm. And it's a shame he didn't make more films like this because it's like really tense, really gritty. It's got George Eastman in it from Anthropophagus. Oh, right. <laughs> but as 
as a, I think it's the only time I've ever seen him in a film where he's not playing like a, something weird. Like a psycho. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a psycho, but oh, right. but he's not a monster. Because <laughs> I've seen him in like Anthropophagus where he's a cannibal, Absurd where he's a silent killer, and I think like 2019, uh, which we'll get there, was like a, a Escape from New York ripoff where he's like a fucking ape man that's dressed like a pirate. <laughs> so it's weird to see him in something just being like a normal person. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, it's great. It's like a, a group of like bank robbers like ki- uh, kidnap, well, not kidnap, but they like take over this guy's car and force them to drive him somewhere, like to their escape route. But it's yeah. all like in real time. Yeah, I always like that in films. Like, yeah. yeah. It's really tense. Like, the guy who the kidnapped's got like a sick kid with him who he needs to get to the hospital, but they're like, fuck you, keep driving. They kidnap a woman as insurance when they're getting um, at a standoff with the police and stuff. Just really good, tense movie with like a an awesome ending as well, which made us like chuckle. Not in like a that was funny way, just in, like that was pretty fucking cool kind of way. Yeah. But I'd recommend that. Rabbit Dogs. Arrow released a cracking Blu ray of it uh, last year, I think, earlier in the year, with both versions of the film. I haven't watched the. I might watch it eventually, the, the second version that they did in 97, because they're like filmed new scenes for it and like changed the score and stuff and well, like so it just looks blatantly 1990s when the scene changes and stuff. Does it? <laughs> it's like 74 97 you know what i mean i suppose it does look, and the, yeah and the original score is like just awesome in 70s and funky and stuff and then the new score yeah. just sounds really cheap so good old arrow though oh yeah though, when they when they can when there's a multiple version of the film they'll always try their best to put both versions yeah. on and stuff it's really nice so yeah that's about it rabbit dogs i'd recommend it if yeah. you like a want a slice of 70s euro crime brutality who doesn't? Exactly, who doesn't? I think that's it then for the preliminary jazz. No trailers out or anything. It's just... It's now, now get out, is it? I think everyone's just sort of getting ready for summer, basically. What not? Damn. It's not really happening. No, yeah. Um, yes. Mm. <laughs> Shall we get to uh, Escape from New York? Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking do it. John Carpenter's Escape from New York was released July 10th, 1981 by Avco Embassy Pictures with a budget of $6 million. It grossed $25 million in the US. Very respectable indeed. Very nice. Following a rather problematic production on The Fog, Carpenter took a step away from horror and went back to a script he'd originally written in 1976. Uh, Avco wanted Charles Bronson for the role of Snake Plissken, but Carpenter disagreed on the grounds that he was too old. Uh, the role <laughs> went to a young Kurt Russell, who Carpenter had previously worked with on his Elvis Presley biopic a few years earlier. Uh, at the time, Russell was mainly known for comedy and his uh, Disney movies when he was younger, so uh, which is something worth remembering when it comes to like casting choices these days. You know what I mean? People are like, that's yeah. weird. And say, yeah, fucking Kurt Russell was a Disney actor and he was Snake Plissken and he was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the movie was filmed in rundown sections of St. Louis, not New York, with the exception of the Liberty Island scenes at the, um, the start of the film, which earned uh, Skiff New York the distinction of being the first film granted permission to shoot there, which is pretty cool. Pretty wild, yeah. yeah. A young James Cameron worked on the film, creating some of the film's impressive matte paintings, uh, specifically in the opening scenes, and was also one of the cinematographers. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Carpenter and Russell would uh, return to the world of Snake Plissken 15 years later with Escape from LA, which was unfortunately a box office bomb. The proposed third instalment, which was talked about, uh, Escape from Earth, never happened. And with a uh, remook, re- <laughs> which essentially <laughs> is correct. <laughs> <laughs> the remook on the horizon uh, probably never will happen, unfortunately. 
the film stars Kate Russell, Lee Van Cleef, Ernest Borgnine, Harry Dean Stanton, Donald Pleasant, Adrian Barbo, Tom Atkins, Frank Doubleday, and Isaac Hayes. So, sir, give us the plot. Everyone thought him dead, but Snake Bliskin is the only man who can infiltrate Manhattan Island, which is now a maximum security prison. Bliskin must steal back the president from a gang of rampaging lunatics. Within 22 hours, and his life literally depends on it. Uh, we'll play a clip and then we'll talk about some beautiful John Carpenter jazz. S.D. Pliskin. American, Lieutenant, Special Forces Unit, Black Blight. Two Purple Hearts, Leningrad and Siberia. Youngest men to be decorated by the President. He robbed the Federal Reserve Depository. Life sentence, New York Maximum Security Penitentiary. I'm ready to kick your ass out of the world, war hero. Who are you? Hauk. Police Commissioner. Bob Hauk. Special Forces Unit, Texas Thunder. We heard of you too, Pliskin. Why are we talking? I have a deal for you. You received full pardon for every criminal action you've committed in the United States. It was an accident. About an hour ago, a small jet went down inside New York City. The president was on board. President of what? That's not funny, Pliskin. You go in. Find the president, bring him out in 24 hours, and you're a free man. 24 hours, huh? I'm making you an offer. Bullshit. Straight, just like I said. I'll think about it. No time. Give me an answer. Get a new president. We're still at war, Pliskin. We need him alive. I don't give a fuck about your war or your president. Is that your answer? I'm thinking about it. Think hard. So, yeah. In 1988, sir, did you know that crime rose 400%? I was there. I know. That's what Jamie Lee Curtis says anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, New York's a maximum security prison. Uh, Once you go in, you don't come out. There's no sentencing. It's just get the fucking prison. (laughs) Got to be brutal in uh, 1997, because that's where we're flash forwarding present day. Oh, you know, 97. Once again, dating your film shouldn't do it. Yeah, it should probably just be like, I don't know, a better way of avoiding putting dates on things. You watch these films now and go... (laughs) Yeah, but it was 81, everyone was like, that's fucking years away, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, yeah, it must have seemed years away, but not really, would it? No, not really. Mad, great. Right, we've got a great opening shot, um, panning up the big prison wall, and we see uh, the guards thwarting escape attempt by just blowing a raft out the water. They're like, uh, <laughs> yeah. go back to the island, all right, fuck your span. <laughs> it's like, there's no, there's like one warning. Move. Just no messing around. Uh, fuck it, blow them up. Uh, we meet Tom Atkins, uh, Carpenter regular as Remy. We've got a nice slow pan of across the base. I was going to make a pun there about low pan, but I'll not. <laughs> um, <laughs> classic slow and deliberate Carpenter pacing it easy in the film. I always like the way he starts. Even with the thing, which starts with a bang, with mm. the helicopter chase, it's still quite like slow. And I don't mean that in a, criti- a, a critical way. No, no. He starts his films, like the opening to Prince of Darkness as well, where you're just like, mm, this is very interesting what's going on yeah, here. Yeah, it's kind of plodding and... I don't know, it's compelling though at the same time. That's what I mean, yeah, it's like slow pacing, but you're never going, oh, get to it, or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, We meet Slake uh, Slake Pliskin, Snake Pliskin, uh, who's a prisoner, and then we meet uh, Lee Van Cleef, the great Lee Van Cleef as Hawk. Um, Atkins informs him there's a plane heading for the city, and they find out it's Air Force One, which has been taken over by the National Liberation Front, some motherfucking terrorists, Mm. which is, you know, a bit close to bone nowadays, terrorists crashing a plane into New York. (laughs) <clears throat> wasn't there like I, I could have just imagined this but wasn't there some sort of heat back when like 9-11 happened 
I th- I'm sure, like, I remember, because I was at, working at HMV at the time, like, I think Escape from New York was maybe due to come out on DVD for the first time ever. I was thinking about this as well, and I think it was something like it was going to be on TV that week and they didn't show it because of the scene where he lands in the World Trade Center. Yeah, there's something like that. There was some sort of heat involved. Yeah. I mean, most films around that period of time were, like, affected by the, the incidents. No, you, know, like, you know what I mean? Like like Spider-Man being the famous one. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there was some of that affected its release or something mm. slightly. Or yeah, or maybe it was just that TV. I, I think, think it was TV. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, I know there was a whole bunch of films that literally just didn't get released that week. Yeah, any films that involved people running from explosions and stuff. And yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Just like pretty much just put them all on hold. Yeah, they went a bit crazy with stuff like that. Yeah, too, too right. Yeah, just shows though like shit like that happens in America and they're all like fucking. Like, don't release any more movies involving explosions. In <laughs> but if it had happened anywhere else in the world, there probably would have been like, oh, well, we're just going to talk glorify it and make them a movie. <laughs> it's going to be a wrestling story. Like. <laughs> yeah, so, like, a bunch of fucking dicks. <laughs> Harry, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> fucking America. <laughs> uh, sorry, I've just been playing on Destiny again with America. Oh, there you see. <laughs> Stop playing on Xbox. I thought you said they were all right on Destiny, though. Oh, they can be. They can be. It's, <laughs> Depends just, on the day. <laughs> yeah, just every now and then. Uh, well, we meet Donald Pleasance, uh, who's America's first British president. <laughs> yes. Apparently, he came up with some backstory, didn't he? Like, like Donald Pleasance probably did a lot. Yeah, I think Carpenter says that in the commentary, yeah, but he didn't. Yeah. Carpenter didn't use any of it. But I guess it's good for the actor, though, to know why he's the president and he's British. Because <laughs> he's not doing <laughs> an American accent. I suppose it is, like, kind of a fucked up feature. So, mm. you know, there's, there's scope there. Exactly, yeah. Anything could happen between... Um, 88 and 97. <laughs> Pleasance goes to his presidential escape egg thing. Egg like fucking Mark and Mindy or something. <laughs> <That's> exactly. <laughs> I knew it reminded us of something. It's fucking Mark and Mindy. Yeah, this bit that when they're looking at the the screens and stuff and all that quote-unquote computer graphics, like the city. Mm. It's amazing that, that like, when you find out like it's not computer graphics, it's just mm. cardboard models painted black with uh, a yeah. backlight and like uh, blacklight on white tape. It's amazing. They just couldn't afford the computer graphics, basically yeah. back in nineteen eighty. Yeah, it's like I mean, once you know what it is, it becomes more obvious. But it's still mm. it's great, like low budget ingenuity of the deck of the time. Just go, oh well, we can't do yeah. that. We'll do this, and it looks mm. great. Yeah, the cops land a chopper in New York. Uh, they find the empty pod. Uh, then we'll meet uh, Frank Double Day's Romero, which is obviously a fucking not to George Romero, who looks like a cross mm. between fucking Steve Buscemi and Michael Bean on meth. He does, doesn't he, at first? Like, because it's, I mean, it's probably been a couple of years since I watched this. When he first came on, on screen, I was kind of like, that. that's not, no, it's not. And I was like, but he does well, looks like Ed Buscemi. Like. Mm. And he also looks like he just went super sane about five minutes ago now. Yeah, he's a pretty cool little, like, I don't know, scratty looking guy. And he looks fucking like unrecognizable. I think when I first saw this, I didn't realize it was the same guy from Assault and Precinct 13, like the main mm. guy who gets killed at the start. Yeah. And like, fuck it, it's unre- It's just got loads of makeup and hair, but it's just the way he plays it. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, he basically says to Van Cleef, uh, we've got the president going. <laughs> no demand. Yeah, pre- pretty much. Yeah, he just says, like, I want to like count down from 20, and if you don't fuck off, he's dead. And, and then. The guy's like, no, wait, and he's like, 19, yeah, but 18. And he's like, oh, shit, let's just go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's really cool. Uh, Pliskin meets with uh, Van Cleef to discuss uh, Snake going in to rescue the president. It's a great scene, because it's just like, especially seeing as, you know, Kurt Russell's blatantly doing an Eastwood impression for Pliskin. Yeah. And it's great to have him doing that and sitting across from Van Cleef at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. 
I like that you, <laughs> my favourite like delivery of uh, Russell in the film. I mean, there's loads of great lines he's got, but just when he goes, the president's trapped in there. The president of what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they say, like, screw you or something. Yeah, like, be serious, Nick. But uh, you'll yeah. find out Snake's a former war hero. He's gone rogue. He's a bad egg. That's what he is. Classic. He's not fully a bad guy. He, he's, he's, a, he's a good guy with a troubled history. He's, an, he's a classic anti-hero, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, basically. He's a bastard <laughs> with a heart of gold, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then we get a steady cam shot through the base while Van Cleef explains everything. I remember Carpenter goes in an interesting story in the comedy that, like, Van Cleef had buggered his knee in years ago while riding on a western, right, like falling off mm. a horse, and he'd never got it fixed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he could only walk for a certain amount of time without his leg buckling, which made like doing long steady cam shots really hard for Van Cleef. And you kind of feel sorry for him after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you notice, you do notice him like favour one leg quite a bit. Mm. And that's like proper manly that though. Oh, yes. So it broke me like, fuck it. <laughs> broke me like whilst filming a western <laughs> yeah, falling off a horse and I didn't go to the hospital yeah <laughs> basically the MacGuffin of the film is a cassette that's in the president's briefcase which he's going to play at some summit with uh, like some world leader summit and it get, could solve some big dispute that's going on in the world you never really find out what you don't really need to know it's just you know no it's, it's just kind of there isn't it? and yeah. they don't really explore it or sort of cram it down your, yeah. your throat you just, really that much. you just need an end an end result like something to go for for the film it didn't really yeah. it didn't, I guess they didn't really need to put it in all you need to do is rescue the president but it's something a bit extra mm. to up the stakes yeah. a little bit. Yeah. He's injected with something that'll kill him in 22 hours. It's like these small uh, charges that will, in his arteries, it'll blow up in 22 hours. Yeah, kind of like a little explosive device in his neck or something, yeah. Because was it, I always get them confused, because in the second one, what is it? It's like just a disease, isn't it, or something It's like. a d- disease, yeah, but this is the thing, I always get confused. In the second one, spoiler here, folks, yeah. but... Uh, in the second one, he, he's injected with a virus, but I think he's just injected with, like, the common cold or something, isn't he? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, like, so when he gets back and he's like, oh, you know, you've asked that, like, I've, I'm going to die now. And he's like, mm, actually, we just injected you with a common cold. Mm. It's something like that. It's, uh, it's some sort of uh, trick at the end, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. sure at this bit, doesn't the doctor say, if you make it back with, 50, within, with 15 minutes to spare, we can get rid of the... Yeah, yeah, he does. But at the end, I, he's got two seconds left. <laughs> I think it's because he says, like, it'll, like, 24 hours. You've got 24 hours. But he's only got 22 and he's, ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's got something to do with that. But <laughs> I don't know, there the, the must have made some sort of cock there. It's not very well done, that. Like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now we've got, um, he gets all these weapons and stuff, and I love how, like, very 1981 does have like ninja stars and stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Ninja Stars and an Uzi, I fucking love it. What like what was it with Ninja Stars, man, in the eighties? What was it with ninjas? Just ninjas in general, man. It was fucking like <laughs> the era of the ninjas, the eighties. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Like this fixation on it, especially around this time. Well, like Shokasugi movies just coming up and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, obviously Ninja Turtles and that. yeah, yeah, we get Ninja Turtles and everything. If ninjas, the decade of the ninjas, pretty much. Mm. Uh, we get the glider landing on the World Trade Center, as we said before. Snake finds Air Force One and a device that tracks the uh, president's pulse, pulse, which uh, leads him yes. to the theatre. And I like how the inmates have put on their own little show. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, like weird and creepy. And it's, it's quite a nice like, scene, actually. It is, yeah. And Carpenter has yeah. a little cameo here. Yeah? He's the violinist on the band. Yeah. And, uh, and obviously, yeah, Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, first appearance of Ernest Borgnine is Cabby, the little happy chap that he is. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Borgnine. How could he not like yeah. Ernest Borgnine? He's one of them childhood actors for me that, like, just I always makes us think of, like, when I was a little kid and that, watching, like, fucking all those, like, Air Force type shows. Air, Air was it? Airwolf and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking he was a legend, like, um, 
probably about 10 years ago where they asked him like how he keeps so youthful and stuff mm. on like live tv like dating tv and he blatantly just blatantly just said he wanks a lot yes <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, but yeah uh, they're doing their own thing. Week Cabby, um, he's like, we'll get the first of the I thought you were dead lines. It's kind of like a running thing through the, the entire film. <laughs> yeah, like everyone thinks he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Snake heads to the basement, ignoring Cabby's warning that it's rough as out down there. We see some grim shit with uh, some bird who's off a nut on the drugs being <laughs> tossed around and grew up by some bad lads. Kind of weird. It's very grim, yeah. that. It's kind of out of place in the movie. You're like, ugh. Yeah, it is kind of, it's kind of like Mad Max 2 with that girl getting raped. <laughs> exactly, <off. laughs> Where you're like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. This is a bit fucking full takes on. you by surprise, yeah. <laughs> uh, Snake almost gets jumped by some uh, motocrossers, but he sorts them out pretty quickly. And he finds what he thinks is the president getting the absolute shit pummeled out of them by a sink. It's quite brutal, isn't it? <laughs> just like meat packing them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> just that like really flat noise. Yeah, just deliberate, yeah. slow, horrible punches to what I can only assume is the ear. <laughs> mm. But it's, uh, it's caught on a regular book flower wearing the president's wristband. Mm. And he's, he's quite happy about the fact that he's getting beat to shit as well. He doesn't well. give a shit, does he? <laughs> book flower, like, he's, he's like a homeless guy in there, live. He's a homeless. Mm. He's the homeless guy in Back to the Future. He just they kind of made a career. He's a homeless guy in fucking Wishmaster, I think. As well. yeah. He made like a career of just being the fucking scruffy the bum guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, at a loss, Snake does what we'd all do at a time like this. He has to sit down. Have a think. <laughs> sit down. We sigh, and then he sees some dude running around like a nut cosplaying as fucking Michael Berryman from The Hills Have Eyes, <laughs> banging on stuff, and then a gang appears. I think that it's implied that they're a cannibal gang, which is pretty nasty and cool. Hmm. And he takes shelter in a shop and is met by a woman, pretty much the only female character in the film, apart from uh, Adrian Barbeau, who we'll get to later. Yeah, it's funny that she, she's like always like really highly cast as well in this film, like that season, season Hubley or it's, whatever. It's uh, Russell's wife at the time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably yeah. why. Yeah, it's because I don't know, there's just a weird emphasis on that character. Like, you think she's going to come back or something yeah, almost? Yeah. Oh, she's going to be a main character, but she, like, just immediately dies. Basically. Yeah, I'm guessing it's just because it was Russell's wife. Got a bit of... Yeah, wank, get her in there. Get her a higher credit. Mm. Um, but scenes like this, though, when he's, like, escaping and from the gang, it's like, scenes like this, the big attack in Assault on Precinct 30 near the end where they finally storm the the um, precinct and stuff, and then, like, the end of Prince of Darkness just always makes us wish that Carpenter in this period had made a full-on zombie film. Yeah, he would have been yeah, so definitely. good because he's so good at chaos and tension and stuff. He would have, mm. I guess, though he never really stuck to genre tropes, if you know what I mean. It was always something really. that you recognise a bit different, though. So I guess he probably just didn't want to do a typical zombie film because mm. the closest he came was Prince of Darkness, really, at the end when it kind of becomes a zombie film. Yeah, I suppose pretty much. Yeah, like just uh, and it has that sort of feel. All the, all the people standing outside the church and whatnot. Yeah, and when they're all going mental at the end and stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but Snake uh, blows the guy's hand off, and I'm sure you and Wiggum used to be obsessed with that for some reason. Yeah, well, I was going to say like I was going to mention that the, the hand. I don't even know. I can't remember why. I think we just used to always like mention it and draw it and stuff. I and remember do you used it. to just find it funny how quick and violent it was because it's quite <laughs> brutal. Like, it blows yeah. the guy's hand off. Well, yeah, it did me. I still chuckled when I saw the scene the other, uh, the other night. Like, yeah. up, instantly when it happened, I was like, "Why does you and Wiggum just pop in my head instantly when that scene came on?" <laughs> uh, strange children. And uh, in, in the escape, though, Snake drops and breaks his radio, the silly bugger. Mm, classic, though. Classic being cut off from the outside bit. Mm-hmm. It always happens in a movie. Ramping up the tension a little bit more. Mm. Uh, but Cavi to the rescue, complete with Molotovs. <laughs> yeah. Like, what What a waste to booze, though. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Just a casually as about it. Like, oh, you don't want, don't, you don't want to come around here at this time of night. Just chucks a Molotov at the woods. Mm. It's great. But he finds out the Duke 
as the president. Who's the Duke? Of course, it's Isaac, bloody legendary his. God rest his soul. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's dead in the soul. We're going to see Brian, uh, but we'll meet Maggie first, played by the lovely Adrian Pop. Which all I have to say about that is boobs. <laughs> boobs. I was going to say she has some uh, lovely mammarian protuberances. <laughs> I was trying to be classy. <laughs> but I would say, uh, say boobs eventually. I just always think, ah, oh, Cannonball Run when I say mm. it. Yes, that's a... Yeah, I love it. Of course, you know, Carpenter, Lucky Swine, mm. Mar- Sorry, married I... to her at this point. Yeah, he, he knew what he was doing. He oh. knew what was up. <laughs> oh. I remember you know, the fucking like, awkward thing was like, uh, I think he met her just before the fog. But before mm. that, he was in a relationship with Deborah Hill, his producer, and she was still his producer on the fog. And I remember she was saying that was quite awkward. <laughs> Mm. Like being on a movie with like your boyfriend's new girlfriend, and you've still got to work with both of them. I imagine that would be horrible, but you know, talk about being professional. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and at this point, um, we meet Harry Dean Stanton. Good old scruffy look. <laughs> Has Harry yeah. Dean Stanton ever been in a movie where he didn't look all scruffy in that? I know, bless him. You just like like I think Stacey nailed it right. Like he just looks like he's from the seventies as well. Mm-hmm. He just has like a seventies look to him. Yeah, totally. Fake class. I love him. It's great when he t- randomly turned up in the Avengers. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is Harry Dean Stanton doing here? Yeah. It's amazing that he's still going, to be honest. Yeah, so he's the last stand as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, it turns out uh, Snake and Brain have a history, and he runs down some history with a guy, him and, uh, I always love this name, Fresno Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Fresno Bob. I want a fucking spin-off about what happened to Fresno Bob. <laughs> an awesome band name, that, wouldn't it? The Fresno Bobs. <laughs> it would. Maybe one day someone will pick that up. <laughs> Maybe they have, but we have to have a look at okay. uh, Duke arrives in the most pimp car ever. He's got fucking <laughs> chandeliers on his bonnet. Good old uh, Eddie's idea of like being pimp and fly. It's like a low rider with fucking chandeliers. I love the, the commentary where fucking Keros says he hadn't seen the carpenter at that point. He just cracked up laughing and he says, but since then I've seen the car, like similar cars driving around LA and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Snake steals a car and they go through Broadway, which they're told not to, but it seems to be the worst part of the area. So there's fucking like severed heads on sticks and fucking <laughs> bricks. I always forget about the severed head on the stick as well. Again, like just randomly ups the violence yeah, yeah. for like a split second. And then they reach the train yard. Uh, Brain distracts the guard. He didn't have to really. All he had to do was just send Barbo in there. Mm. And they would have just been like... <laughs> <laughs> just slightly lower the zip. Yeah. Again. She just stood there and was like, all right. And he could, they could probably could have, that would have been the end of the film then. They would have just escaped with the <laughs> President, it's ridiculous. Uh, our boobs are like ridiculously distracting in most of the scenes. Yeah, yeah, you can't help. You're, like, you're rewinding it, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, even like there's bits when she's running and stuff, oh, and you're like, oh my god! Like the scene when they come out of Brin's, like the, well, the library where he lives, where they're walking across the street. Like it was in the comedy. I remember he just goes, you know, we could have been doing cartwheels, shooting guns. No one would have known what we we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and you can hear Carpenter doesn't really respond it's almost like he's a bit like, like ah, stop talking about me ex-wife's tits <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but then um, Snake rescues the president takes an arrow to the leg but returns the favour with a nice fucking knife to the forehead of the bad guy which is nice yeah again it's like violent it kind of makes us think of Commando for some reason yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just that stop still sort of death yeah. where they're like <laughs> well they get caught pretty quickly because the Duke arrives and uh, Isaac Hayes with these awesome facial twitch that he has. Yeah. yeah just makes cool. it ten times scarier. He doesn't even say anything. He's just looking at him, twitching. And you're like, shit. He's quite a cool, uh, quite cool costume as well with them like, gauntlet things that he's got on. And stuff. Like a fucking admiral's jacket and stuff, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> total badass. And then later on, and a cowboy hat. 
That's great. Yeah. Uh, twist the arrow in his, in his knee to get him to talk and stuff like that. That knocks him out. Mm. And here's where we'll find out why he's called Snake. Because of his tattoo that leads, badass cobra. that leads down to his penis. He's basically got a big dick. That's what they're trying, yeah. to, they're trying to tell her. <laughs> not very subtle. Just, no, and it's just finished off on the, on his dick. <laughs> Do you think the dick's tattooed? It would look weird if it wasn't. I suppose it would just... Unless it, like, wraps around. Maybe. <laughs> it goes under. <laughs> Maybe we'll find out in the remake. <laughs> got the Duke now, shooting there. He's got Donald Pleasance tied against the wall, shooting around him. He's getting to repeat the A number one thing, which Pleasance did brilliantly. A <laughs> number one. Classic, like, overacting. Oh, overacting Pleasance loves the taste of sin. Leave him alone. <laughs> the evil has gone on. The evil has gone from here. <laughs> Shoots open the briefcase, Romero finds the cassette and pockets it. But then uh, we've got a fight with um, late uh, professional wrestler Ox Baker. He died last year, late last year. Mm. Uh, you want to see something mad, check out, uh, just search Ox Baker Riot on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Back in the like, was it the late 60s? Or the, I think it's the mid 70s. Obviously, you know, back when people believed wrestling was totally real. Mm. Keeps like attacking the baby face with like a heart yeah. punch and it fucking the crowd just goes mental. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when wrestling was de- when like wrestlers could get fucking stabbed if you were a heel yeah, type of thing <laughs> it's really terrifying uh, amusingly his character is called Slag I always forget Sick. about that until the credits I'm like Slag <laughs> I know in America Slag doesn't I don't know what it means in America but it doesn't mean what it means here I guess like I could be wrong but I think it's got something to do with like metal and stuff mm. Slag because he didn't uh, look he didn't look like a Slag <laughs> no <laughs> his humongous moustache yeah, he's great. He's such an intimidating, scary-looking bastard. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't be anything but a wrestling heel, really. Could. <laughs> yeah. I always love that the Carpenter is a huge wrestling fan. At least he was at the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, it kind of brings all the genres together, doesn't yeah. it? All the different things. Yeah, that totally, love. yeah. Because I always love the story that like he met uh, Roddy Piper at WrestleMania 3. Like, he was at WrestleMania 3, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, Brain rescues the president, who's been held by Romero, and uh, complete with the <laughs> platinum blonde wig on Blastons, which looks fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah, it's funny that he's just sat there. <laughs> like, bless him. Like, you, you, it makes you wonder the things he's been made to do. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Especially with Romero. He looks like a bit of a saucy chap. Yeah. Brain stabs Romero. I don't know about you. I always feel sorry for Romero when he dies. Yeah, a little bit. Because he, I don't know, it's just like kind of the way he does him in the gut as well and stuff. And it's like Can't his reaction just like, why are you stabbing us? Yeah. Uh, but Adrian Barbo looks fucking badass with a magnum blown away, guys. No, it, it is cool, though. It's like, it's badass. Yeah, it's a shame she didn't get to do more action roles. I don't know if she. I don't think she did. Mm, no, I suppose because like this, the fog, swamp thing, creep show, kind of kind of like a biggest thing. Yeah, obviously, fucking she did like Catwoman, didn't she, and stuff. Everyone always calls her over. Catwoman. Yeah, she did like the voice of Catwoman. I oh, think, that's what she did. Yeah, yeah. And Batman, and from there she kind of had quite a big like voice acting career mm. after that. Wasn't she in Star Trek as well? Yeah, she yeah she she was in uh, Deep Space Nine yeah. as a uh, oh she was an alien. It was the one with the board game in it, whatever it's uh, called. And she was in that Carnival series, I think, about ten years ago. That everyone thought was like, I've got such good reviews and stuff. I think it got cancelled like early. Mm. It was supposed to be great. I think it had Bill Mosley in it as well. Oh, right. Or like an old style carnival in like the twenties or something. It's supposed to be a really good series, like a bit dark and fucked up and stuff. No, it's just because she does have quite a sort of a culty sort of career, really, doesn't she? Oh yeah, she's in some fucking cracking films, yeah. Mm. Especially around the early eighties, late seventies period. Mm. 
uh, get back to the fight and uh, Snake buries a baseball bat with nails in it on the back of Slag's head, which looks great <laughs> and fucking dangerous because apparently they just, he had a block of wood on the back of his head. That was it. Oh, Jesus. And they really like, yeah, this was pretty dicey. Like, I was just like, just don't move. <laughs> 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 Something along those lines, like there was a smaller nail in the bat and like a, basically like a block of wood on the back of his head and he just had to hit the target. Fucking it's hell. really fucking dangerous. But I guess how else could you do it though? <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> well, yeah, but it looks great, though, in the movie, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I suppose it got the intended uh, sort of uh, light shot, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, I guess Oxberger just seems like the type of guy that would have just been like, whatever, I'm a boss. <laughs> just do it, <laughs> yeah. Probably had worse things from upset wrestling fans over the years. <laughs> uh, everyone scatters, though, when they hear the president has escaped. Uh, Snake heads back to the World Trade Center. Maggie and Brain and the Prez are there, and the prisoners, the shits, push the glider mm. off the building. How are they going to escape? So how are they going to get out of... Mm-hmm. How are they going to escape New York? Well, that's it. And, uh, and funnily enough, that's what the movie's called. Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they head back down, have a brief standoff with the Duke, but uh, Cabby to the rescue again. Mm. And they head over the mine bits. Because this is why Brain is in with Duke. Duke wants the plans of the ma- where the mines are on the bridge Basically. so he can escape. Yeah. It kind of brings his character back to the front, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. The fact they're going to have to escape across the bridge. So Brain's got the plans, knows where the mines are, uh, but they accidentally hit a mine because Brain's a bit crap with directions, as we'll find out <laughs> yeah. in a few minutes. Uh, the car splits in half, and poor Cabby. Poor Cabby dies. Poor Cabby. Died a human. Yeah. Died a human. Weren't expecting that, were you? Mm. Bit of a, the, the comic relief suddenly boom he's dead <laughs> it is really quick isn't it I always forget how quick yeah. it is yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brain hits a mine by telling them no left you idiots and he goes left and blows up I was there that's quite funny <laughs> yeah it's like what the fuck yeah. just as well nobody listened to him then basically it's, only, it's a good job Snake just ignored him for the last fucking ten minutes <laughs> um, but then Maggie upset obviously that a uh, fella's dead uh, basically says fuck this shit I'm going out in a blaze of glory like Bon Jovi and stands there and shoots at uh, Duke and gets fucking splattered, basically. <laughs> he just, like, rams in. really nasty. Quick, quickly checks and goes, I should dead. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of movie magic trivia, though. That shot of her dead was shot in John Carpenter's garage. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a pickup. <laughs> you can't tell at all. No, you can't. Yeah. Uh, they reach the wall with the harness waiting to take them to safety, but we'll get a, a brief um, throwdown between Duke and Snake. Uh, but as Snake's getting pulled up the wall, the president uh, shuts off the... The pulley system. I don't know why he would do that. I know it's just, I don't know why. It's just to add some extra tension to the movie. But why do you? Why do? You, why not just shoot him as he's coming up? But it <laughs> adds more tension, doesn't it? Just a bit of what, I mm-hmm. guess. Why not? And then we'll get him uh, blown away, Duke, uh, whilst eating as much of the scenery as possible. And it's brilliant. He's all like, oh, you're number one. I fucking love Donald Pleasant because <laughs> when he shouts, it's great. But he can do like really good underplayed. Serious, huh? mm-hmm. like there's great moments in Halloween where it's in a play, but then he starts shouting, and you're like, Go on, Pleasant! <laughs> Bite that scenery. Yeah, eat it. Um, Snake makes it to the doctor with seconds to spare, and he talks to the president, who now that he's been rescued seems like an uncaring bit of a dick. Pretty much. I think that's what that's kind of like, yeah, what they're getting at that, like, it's all been for nothing, yeah, <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, and all the people that have died and stuff, and the guy doesn't even deserve to be saved anyway. So, I know Cartman's always said that, like, He's one of the. He's he's kind of never grown out of that like dislike of authority figures and stuff. So it doesn't really mm. surprise that he would paint the president to be an obnoxious dickhead. Yeah, <laughs> which is unusual as well because you know like Americans mostly. Are, yeah, yeah. The president's never yeah. really portrayed in a bad light in movies. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's like a biopic about Nixon or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's but that's what I was going to say though. The, the, the original script was inspired by the Watergate scandal and like how everyone distrusted the government and the president and stuff. So it kind of makes sense that the president would be a, a complete dickhead in the movie. Yeah. 
Uh, Snake and Hawk have a brief exchange. You're going to kill me now, Snake? I'm too tired. Maybe later. Which is badass. <laughs> yeah, it's almost class. <laughs> yeah, because you fully expect he's going to kill him at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, it's just like, I'll, I'll come back there. <laughs> and then as uh, everyone keeps calling him Pliskin, he eventually calls him Snake and then says the name's Pliskin, just to be a bit of a twat. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's always cool, that, yeah. And he swapped the tapes and big band music plays instead when Pleasance goes to play his important tape. And I fucking love Pleasance's face when he realises what's happened. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, look, like pump, the, pump this sort of like... Ugh. And just like, fucking Snake Pliskin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Snake uh, destroys the tape, goes off, bit of a smirk, smoking a tab, being a legend. And we'll get credits. Mm. I feel like we're fucking zoomed through that. <laughs> Quite it feels like we just went. To be to be fair, and this isn't a criticism of the film. It's a fairly simplistic film. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. So I mean, we could pour over all the scenes, but really, it's the, the pacing of the film as well. It's quite. It's, it just goes it's through. Quite it. fast paced, and it's one of those films that, like, I just kind of, I, I can't really pick it apart. I just, it's just one of those films I just like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. A, I can't really pick a favourite scene. I just can't. Like, the whole film just works as a whole. Yeah, I mean, there's there's maybe like for me like one particular moment when he, he gets like on the ground and he's like walking down an, a, an alleyway and it's like there's like blue streetlights mm. and stuff uh, and it's just like crazy fucking cinematography going on. That's, I just love my yeah. love the the combination like around this period of like Dean Cundey and John Garner. Mm. That's just my yeah. favourite look for films. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, Dean Cundy did an amazing job on, like, the thing and stuff. Like, the way he, like, lights the sets and that, like, just explodes it into life, yeah, basically. Yeah. And, uh, and then matching it up with, like, Carpenter's, the way he uses space really well and mm. stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just fucking... It. There's just a few moments in this film where you think, fuck, that looks nice. Yeah. Like, if ever yeah. I make a film, it would I would want it to look as close. Like, to that just... That, that just that's so unique looking Carpenter films in this period. Yeah. You can tell yeah. straight away it's a Carpenter film. Yeah. Um, I was going to say favourite character, but obviously Snake. I guess who's your, who's your second favourite character? <laughs> um, it's got to be Boobs. Boobs, yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> um, Maggie. No, um, yeah, it's... it's it's hard, really, because, yeah, it's Kurt Russell just fucking is omnipresent in the film, really. I'd say Romero. I do like Romero. Yeah. Big yeah. hair and crazy face and stuff. Yeah, totally out of place compared to everyone else in the film. Yeah, just the creepy so. fucking right-hand man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the Duke, of course. Mm. Like yeah, there's loads. Memorable, like Ernest Borgnine, just for being Ernest Borgnine. Yeah. Lee, Lee Van Cleef, just for being Lee Van Cleef Lee, and like looking like a badass little Western guy. badass voice. I love Lee Van Cleef's voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but scene, I, mean, I guess, I, I do love the initial scene, uh, the meeting between Snake and uh, Hawk. Mm. That's a cool little exchange. And the, the, the escape from the cannibal scene, like I said, it's just an awesome, yeah. tense, mad, chaotic scene. Especially when, like, she, the season Hoobly gets dragged into the floor. It's really nasty. Yeah. Totally makes us think of aliens. Yeah, I wonder because I mean, obviously, it's one of those films that I think has influenced so much yeah, yeah. that you could pretty much like find elements of Escape in New York in so many films. Well, another thing, it's like this. Well, this is like post Mad Max, pre Road Warrior. Yeah, as far as post apocalyptic stuff goes, and like this, along with. Um, Road Warrior especially, I mean, fucking create a subgenre in Italy as far as, like, yeah. low-budget rip-offs and stuff with stuff, like I mentioned before, like, 2019 after the fall of New York. It's yeah. kind of... Weirdly, that film predates Children of Men. It's like Escape from New York with the plotline of Children of Men. 
mm-hmm. like trying to find the last Fertile, you know, that type of thing. The Fertile yeah, woman, yeah. it's exactly the same. Um, <laughs> and then stuff like Bronx Warriors, which is kind of the same thing, but it's more yeah. like, it's like that's more like the, the Warriors cross with Escape from New York and stuff. And, like, you know, yeah. so many ripoffs and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, he said, and just influence lots of stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Just like, in, like I said, in small ways, like I wonder, like, how many directors saw this film as a kid and like wanted to replicate it, like certain things that I liked about yeah, it. Yeah. So, uh, and obviously not to mention, uh, obviously Hideo Kojima, like the influence. Well, I, I was going to say Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Yeah. Like Metal Gear Solid, uh, on the PlayStation one, like basically the plot is just escape from New York. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> like just the main character snake is like brought in to infiltrate an Island and like steal back important technology. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much just exactly the same. Yeah. Same type of character traits. He smokes a cigarette. He's got stubble and stuff. Yep. I mean, you, you could argue that, you know, he's influenced by um, Clint Eastwood and stuff. Yeah. And in many ways, that's true. But I would say there's obviously a bit of a snake thing going on oh, there yeah, as well. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. And it's not like he's hiding it. I mean, the character's called Snake. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it wears it on its chest. Uh, quick thoughts on Escape from L.A.? Yeah. What what do you think of it? Do you think it deserves the fucking grief it gets for being shit? I don't think it does. It's not that bad. Well, I've, uh, to be honest, you know, I've probably not seen it since, like, I watched it on VHS or something last time. Yeah. The last time I've seen it. I don't think, I'm pretty sure I don't own it. I think I finally got out of picking it up a couple of years ago. I think the last time I watched it was on telly. Yeah. About three or four years ago. And, you know, it's, it's not bad. It's just one of those sequels that has that habit of just remaking the first movie with slight differences mm. I think the only thing that really stuck in my head was obviously just like the, the like surfing bit the the... that does look terrible yeah. yeah that was a bad idea I think even at the time I was like Jesus that looks shit <laughs> I think it did get even fucking chastised at the time for being, like for having terrible effects just by that yeah. scene anyway but yeah I always liked how he looks in the film like with his black trench coat this time yeah and... The fact that you mean, like you mean he looks two... like Seth Rollins? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and just the fact that like, he's got two massive, like, semi-fucking-automatic machine guns yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, like, I like where his character went in that mm. film. And I like how the film ends, how he, like, turns the lights off on the world and stuff. And weirdly, I've just remembered we said Romero looks like Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi's in Escape from LA. I completely forgot about that. Oh, he is, yeah. He's the <laughs> fucking tour guy. Yeah, yeah. Fella, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, crazy. Yeah, mapped to the stars and all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Maybe he's just like his cousin or something. <laughs> Maybe he could be. He does look <laughs> yeah. a lot like him. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Uh, who would you? Who would you cast? I mean, I know they keep going on about it. Like, who's going to be the Jared fucking Butler and all that stuff? But who would you cast as like Snake if you had to? Ugh, I've got my choice uh, already. Yeah, if, I know who your choice is. Yeah. That fella from a uh, fucking <laughs> Jurassic World. <laughs> no. <it's laughs> <laughs> yeah, you tell me. It's totally him. Um, I don't know, really. I, can't, I honestly can't imagine anyone else in that role. Uh, it upsets me. Tell you what, I'll go for him. Go on. Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> I suppose. He looks like Kate Russell. <laughs> he does, yeah, he does. Yeah. See, I was thinking actors, you say you cheated. <laughs> wrestlers, wrestlers are actors, technically. You want to be technical. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, like, oh, who else? There's probably somewhere out, someone out there that could play him. Hmm. I just, I don't think there's someone well known out there that yeah, could play him. Yeah, I don't yeah. Speaking of wrestling, though, I remember one name, like, it's so small, but just because I like this film so much, it really fucked us off. I think it's WrestleMania 20. Mm-hmm. Um,. Like, JR says something, like, because it was at Madison Square Garden, so the new, like, the stage had the, uh, the skyline of New York on it. 
And yeah. someone's running to the back away from someone. And JR says, like, I was about to say he was trying to escape New York, but that's a bad movie. And I was like, fuck you, JR. <laughs> <laughs> really fucked us up with it. I was like, fuck you. That's pretty harsh. Yeah. Randomly harsh. He always says bad movie. I remember at the time going, what the fuck? It was a needless job at fucking Cartman. He's a fan. <laughs> But if anyone's interested in, like, a direct sequel, I mean, the, the Boom Comics uh, label, like the Big Trouble in Little China series, also do a Escape from New York series, which I'm reading at the minute, which t- it continues directly after Snake rip, uh, destroys the tape and continues right. right from there. So if you want a direct right. sequel that's not Escape from L.A., check that out. Well, that'd be pretty cool, mm. yeah. He's a cool character, like, and I suppose he's quite interesting because there's loads of, like, things mentioned about him that never gets explained. Yeah. You know, like the fact that everyone thinks he's dead. Like, why do people think he's dead? Mm. And stuff? It's quite clever. But then again, the, the ambiguity about the character is one of the strong points. So yeah, exactly. Like, that's if they did it now, there'd be like a full-on like oh, origin story. And yeah, stuff. We're gonna. Well, that's what they said they were gonna do, wasn't it? That was the. Plan. Yeah. We're gonna do a prequel. Uh, the first film's about like Snake Plissken's childhood and kindergarten. <laughs> the second movie's about high school, and then the third movie's gonna be him <laughs> going to New York. No, the first movie was gonna be about the maximum security prison being built, and I was like, oh, fuck off. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Just builders going, fucking hell, this is mad, isn't it? <laughs> Making New York a prison. Oh, my God. Why the hey, Britain? Please, I'm getting paid by the hour for this shit, though. <laughs> yeah. Don't know why they'd be like British builders, you know. <laughs> All like fucking Pete Postlethwaite and stuff. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Brian, Brian Glover and Aloy. Brian Glover dead? Uh, yeah, ah, Brian. Fuck. He is, unfortunately. I watched it if he was in it. <laughs> so yeah that's 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 escape new york it's fucking brilliant if you haven't seen it tomorrow you man tomorrow you. it's definitely worth checking out i mean obviously actually we've not mentioned this but god damn that soundtrack at the end yeah as well when he tears up the tape and it's all it's classic yeah <laughs> classic cartman over these getting his trusted keyboard out and stuff fucking love cartman's girls <laughs> fucking awesome uh so next week uh prodigal son you reckon Switch it up with some Kung Fu action. Yes, Prodigal Son, followed by Time Banditos. I'm putting, I'm putting off Time Bandits because I don't think I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I sense that. Yeah, did you? Yeah. Just, you know, it's all fucking midgets and fucking shit. <laughs> no, it, it, it has a strange, like, fucking Monty Python feel to it. Yeah, I know, yeah. But it's yeah. just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very wary of films that are like oldie English and midgets and dwarves and shit. <laughs> yeah. I loved it as a child. So I've still way. never yeah. seen the fucking Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> it's all them fucking short fellas. <laughs> no, not that I'm midget against midgets or anything. I would dwarf. What do you, what's the, well, we went over this before. What's the preferred term? Small person. Small person. Right, there you go. I'm sorry, I thought you were going to go down a different path in that I am currently Googling it. Does... It's a fear of midgets. Have a have a name. I'm not scared of them. <laughs> uh, God, I can't even say that. Um, I, I can't drop lassophobia. Apparently, it is the fear of little people or midgets. <laughs> <laughs> it's also called. Oh, this one's easier to say. It is also called nanosophobia. nanosophobia. Well, that makes more sense. Nano. Yeah. Or I don't believe this one. Lollipop. Gildophobia. <laughs> <laughs> That's according to Wikipedia. Holy pop That's genius. <laughs> they should have just said, like, small fella phobia. Or something like munchkin that. phobia, you know, if you're going to say that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not scared of them. No. It's just films that normally have small folks in. I like films like Willow and shit. 
Yeah, I suppose it was. I, I did Willow I like Willow growing up, I will admit. Yeah, well, God, who doesn't? Mm. That's fair, is that? Yeah. Yeah. No midgets <laughs> next week, though. I was saving that for the, the last show. <laughs> for the last mm. one. And we're still never decided what, what you're doing for your year. Um, I've narrowed it down to about six. Nice. <laughs> I've got to chop two off. I'm still in two minds about whether I put Friday the 13th three in there or save it for a Friday the 13th down the line. Yeah. There's plenty of them we yeah. can do. <laughs> I suppose we could do like... Uh, we could do like a retrospective show or something. Mm. Do them all in one show, in some sort of form. Do. Not, not obviously like you know, like, <laughs> like blow by no, blow. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ten hour show. Because mm. <laughs> when's the next Friday? It's November, isn't it? Mm, yeah, I think I said November. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll be We'll figure it out. Plenty of time. Plenty of time for our jazz. Yeah, get there. Get there eventually. So yeah, next week, Prodigal Son, but Yumbu, Samuel Hung, action, classic. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So until then, you keep it real, keep it tasty. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, that's it. Cheers, folks. See you next Wednesday. And I start using that. I know. <laughs> I think I used it for like the first show we did, and then forgot. <laughs> yeah, forget. That, that's how I'm saying enough every week now. Fucking steal me gimmick, can that? Give me Damien fucking sand down there. <laughs> right, bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Stacey with Aness, the Director of Operations over here at Wafu HQ. If you'd like to support the show, a review and rating on iTunes would be much appreciated. Just search for Wafu FM. Or, if you're not an iTunes user, a review over at Stitcher.com would also be flipping marvellous. Once again, just search for Wafu FM. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, the email address is wafupodcast at gmail.com. Or alternatively, if you'd prefer to leave a voicemail, head on over to www.speakpipe.com slash wafufm. Thanks for listening. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.